0: Oh, did I? Tell, I didn't tell you the dog rule. I didn't tell the rule.
1: No, you
2: didn't. the wine. Yeah, you told me. The oh, wine. sorry, I
0: did. I can't remember who yeah. I. Sometimes I remember to tell people, and sometimes I don't. So.
1: And did you get the sticker? No, I forgot mm. on the sticker. Mm. The beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's your um your paycheck. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Enjoy. Thanks. <Nice.
1: Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. spend it all at once. I know. Right? Don't spend it all in one time for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, there we go. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And I'm Dr. Susan Little. And this is the Per Podcast live. Yeah. Awesome, and we have a great. Well, we're guest. live anyway. Yeah. We are live. <laughs> we're live. We're live. We're, we're here. Yeah. And we have an awesome guest. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're very happy. So introduce yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Caroline Mansfield. Nice to be here. Yeah, and awesome. so, um, uh, of course, we know from you're from down Australia, under. Yeah. Yes. and from Melbourne, one of my favourite mm-hmm. cities,
2: actually, right? Yes. So I
0: you're am. originally from Melbourne.
2: No, I'm actually, well, I'm technically from a little town called Murray Bridge in <gasps> South Australia, but I grew up in Perth. In oh, you Western grew up Austria, up in Perth, Western on the Australia. other side. Yes. Perth
1: is completely far away from Melbourne.
2: It's the most isolated capital city in the world.
1: Yes. Really? I know it's crazy, yeah? I've never If you been think there. about it, oh, it's lovely. Yeah, I've never it's been there. It's a minor that. city, eh? Yeah?
2: It's a it's a it's a big country town. Yes.
1: Yes, so it's a it's okay. It's a minor city. Oh, you mean so minor as mining. In sm- oh, oh, mining? Oh, mining! Yeah, oh, mining. yeah, yeah. Oh. mining. so uh, yeah. Yeah. you know you expect everybody. You know, no, oh. there's actually, actually no not.
2: there's actually no mining there, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of fly-in, fly-out Yes.
1: And they have a wonderful river.
2: Swan River, yes,
0: and
1: oh. and they have a wonderful wine making.
2: Yep. Wow!
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> You're I, I love Perth. you are a of information yeah, about Perth. No, it was
1: wonderful, and you know who you should talk to her- if if you want to have a whole podcast about Perth for yes. like forty minutes. Yes. Michael Day.
2: Does he like um, Perth? Well, he's from Perth. Oh, he.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's why I did
3: not know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: my God, I've learned so much in just like four minutes. Yeah, yeah that's the
3: yeah, thing. I did not know. a little
2: a little epicenter of producing that. producing yeah. like international veterinarians. Out. Yeah. You know, and
1: it's very, very Perth is probably the closest to any socialization uh, if you look at Australia in general yeah. because it's closer to Europe ah. and it's closer mm. to. You don't have to fly for okay. seven hours to get somewhere, except for probably New Zealand, I guess. From mm, uh,
2: oh. yeah, like it, it would be, we would not be more likely to fly to Asia to have holidays into yeah Florida, yeah to yeah. Queensland or other parts yeah. of Australia because it's quick it's closer yeah. 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 yeah yeah
0: so you're so you you're originally from Perth uh, and you went to vet school where
2: I went to vet school at Murdoch oh, in at Perth Murdoch. Yeah. yep mm-hmm. yep so that was my Marduk alma mater yep. yeah yes. but did
0: I not see or read somewhere that you were in Dublin that... yeah,
2: yeah so I did the I did uh I, after I graduated I worked as a mixed animal practitioner. Uh, in, no way. Yep, in South really? Australia. For how long? Oh, that's cool. A uh, couple of years. Did you What's like your
1: favourite animal? Yeah.
2: Uh, what, from what, the
1: mixed side. We have
2: lots of questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I thought I wanted to be an equine practitioner because I, oh, I guess cool. that was... Um, uh, my childhood yeah. Yeah. dream, right. but um, then I met horse owners. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's horses and there's that's owners. I mean, that's true of every
0: veterinary species, right? Yeah. But I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. But it was yeah. a,
2: it's a it was a hand-to-mouth subsistence for a lot of the, uh, the horse trainers and horse owners in South Australia. Yeah. So. Um, and then we did the normal Australian backpacking thing through Europe and I worked in uh, small animal practice in the UK oh, and cool. then I did my residency in Dublin. In Dublin. Yeah. yeah University
0: you know, College, I wanted Dublin. to
1: be a mixed animal practitioner. You yeah. did? Yes. I thought you wanted times. to be an
2: archeologist.
1: Yeah, no, that was before that. Yeah. And so, so,
2: it's, it's very inviting, like, you know, it's the James Harriet you know, ideal, but the, the reality doesn't yeah. match the ideal and yeah. I, I wasn't using my brain. Oh, uh, no. you know, yeah, that's, it was, a, it was a lot point. of fun. Oh, stuff, and, yes,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Fire engine medicine. So, yeah. so, I
1: did kind of when I was a you know, young kid, I was with the veterinarian who was kind of the James Harriet of our region. So, he, you know, we ran around cows in the meadows oh, and we did okay. dogs on the side and that sort of yeah. thing. So, it was a lot of fun, but then, yeah. When reality hits you, it's probably not It's not yeah. such a good it's way to make a life. living It's
2: yeah, no. No, yeah, no. anymore. It's, it's physically hard and- yeah. um, The hours. The hours. And, and because I was in rural South Australia, it was just also the distance mm-hmm. you had oh to my. travel and the and You're in a car all the
1: time and you yeah. didn't have podcasts by then. <laughs> no, no <laughs>
2: podcasts, no, no phone either. So That's if you break crazy. down on the side of the road, you were stranded yeah. for hours wow. you know that kind of stuff. You and so, so. the
1: kangaroos.
0: Yeah, yeah, but hats off to the people who do it, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you decamped for uh, Dublin? Yes, yeah. I decamped
2: for Dublin and I did my own residency in spinal medicine there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. focus on uh pancreatitis in the species that shall not yeah, be named. Oh, <laughs> well done. Well done
0: yeah. She <laughs> laid the trap. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Good job. See, they always
1: say I'm the bad one, but yeah, no, like,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so gastroenterology <laughs> was that something you were always interested in, or did you? come into that later on how did that happen
2: um i was probably i was just more interested in internal medicine in general yeah Um, i loved the diagnostic dilemma i love being a detective that's
0: me too that's what i love about it yeah i loved
2: the problem solving and and figuring out the pro figuring out what was a mystery Yeah, yeah i like that yeah so that was what attracted me first. Yeah. And, Versus and the
0: surgeons who just like to fix things, <coughs> right?
2: Yeah. To be honest, if I if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't done that residency, I probably would have left the profession. Um,
3: no a way, way. Yeah. really. Oh, it was wow. either
2: that or going back and studying medicine. Yeah. At yeah. that point, so I was yeah. at a crossroads. Because mm. um, yeah. I wasn't enjoying general practice. Yeah. So. It came at just the right time. I had a wonderful mentor, so Boyd Jones was my mentor. Oh gosh, oh, I love yeah. Boyd Jones. yeah. So oh. uh, he's still a very dear friend and a mm-hmm. big part of my life. So I was very, very lucky to have him as a mentor. Absolutely. An amazing person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I kind of fell into it. The project was. I didn't really have a a choice. (laughs) I've got to be honest. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's your residency project. Um, Congratulations. Good good choice, Carolyn. (laughs) Uh, And um, it introduced me to, it was a a lab-based project. um, And I hadn't done, uh, you know, a lot of basic science work. So in Australia, when you do veterinary, science it's an undergraduate course so it's straight from you uni- know straight from high school into university and it was a yeah. bachelor course so I hadn't done you know a lot of the the lab based stuff and validation and pipetting and it was a whole it was a mm. brand new world brand
0: new world yeah Yeah.
2: validating an assay and you know designing a, a project that looked at you know whether this um, diagnostic test was appropriate and so on so it was actually it was actually um, it was an eye-opener for me, mm. and I think I probably I probably enjoyed that aspect of it more, more so than the actual topic, but it yeah. um, that kind of started to introduce me in, into the area of, yeah. of gastroenterology yeah. and starting to understand that it's quite a complex organ, oh. organ quite a complex system, and, um, you know, it's it affects or impacts um, virtually every other organ system in the body. Yeah, so, it's bigger
0: yeah. than just the GI tract, right? Yeah. yeah. So the lab part, did, the, the, did you like the lab How do you feel
2: about that (laughs) work? It was a bit intimidating at first because we worked with an external. um, And at at the time in Dublin, um, it was during the Celtic Tiger boom. And so there were a lot of biotech startup companies um, working in Ireland at at that um, particular. What is the
1: Celtic Tiger boom?
2: (laughs) So um, they had no taxes for international companies. It's an economic initiative to get investment. So Microsoft had the European offices Mm -hmm. there and Mm -hmm. a lot of biotech startup companies. Google as well. Yep um so it was a bit intimidating because Mm. you know i apparently i didn't have the my lab coat buttoned up the right way (laughs) and stuff like that you know okay um so but i but the people that were there were were very genuine in in helping me so that was when i was looking at um trypsinogen activation peptide and um and trying to validate that and it was it's a really um quite a a fragile, quite a label mm. peptide, so um, it didn't like being assayed. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so lots of falling down and standing up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Light Yes. is ha- what is happening in research. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah, so it was. It taught me. It taught me a lot. I made um, a lot of mistakes, which I probably learnt more from than yeah. you know than the successes in that particular project. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There's good. good mistakes to make, right? Absolutely. Because you,
0: you, yeah. They they uh, inform
2: you. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So how long were you in Dublin?
2: Um, three years. Two years. From for my residency. Yeah, and then you residency. left there and went. Um, I went back to Perth. Yeah. Um, mm. we did a via a bit of travel. Yeah. Mm. So, um, we backpacked a little bit through Europe and Africa on oh. the way back.
1: What's We're your in, favorite yeah, country?
0: Yeah.
2: My favorite country.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we
1: did backpacking. Thing. Oh, Australia
0: oh. is my
2: favorite
1: country. Ah. <laughs> uh, good <laughs> answer. Oh, whatever. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I always say Canada is mm. my favorite country. too. So uh, the yeah. Greek yeah. islands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful,
2: man. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's, and, you know, pre kids and you just sort of woke up and decided where I'm going to go today. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. Where in yes. Africa did you go? Tanzania, um, Zanzibar, Mm -hmm. Botswana, Zambia, South Africa. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I've been to most of those places because I I do like to visit Africa. I'm off um, in about ten days to Tanzania and Kenya, so Mm -hmm. my first visit to those
1: two countries. We're all very jealous.
0: Yes, but I'm working hard to get there. So Uh yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. gorgeous part of the world to visit.
1: And then you went to Melbourne.
2: Um, yeah, I stayed in stayed in Perth for mm-hmm. quite a few years, and mm-hmm. I've been in Melbourne since the end of two thousand and
1: eleven. And why well, did you decide to make that change?
2: Um, so uh, probably because of the research um, mm. and the opportunities that Melbourne offered me in that. So the alignment with the medical precinct. So Melbourne, um, particularly the University of Melbourne, has a really vibrant uh, biomedical and medical research. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's probably one of the one of the you know, top twenty in the world. So, mm. to be able to tap into that was pretty um, exciting. And I think um, Murdoch University in yeah. Perth's pretty small. It's yeah. great, but mm. it was quite small. Um, and I was at that. My oldest child at that point was seven, and so we made the decision we had we had one move. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. time yeah. to move uh, before seven. before. Um, it would have been too hard. Yeah. Before yeah. it got too hard. Yeah. And, and, and so. before they got all left school. So, yeah. Y- you know. So, yeah, there's that point in time. Yeah. <clears throat> so if we were going to do it, we we're going to mm-hmm. do it
1: then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what is your main research focus then in Melbourne now uh,
2: Microbiome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And we had just a little event about the microbiome. So you did. Yeah. Yes. yes. So yes that's really cool. Small
0: two-day event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and there you talked about the connection between the brain and the microbiome and mainly the microbiome of the gut. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so um, <coughs> probably most of the, the so what they call the gut-brain axis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's some really interesting, really interesting research that's that's been uh, coming out um, in people and um, and out of rodent models as well. So there's a bi-directional communication between the gut um, or the and the and the brain. So. The gut microbiome communicates with the brain, and, um, and the brain communicates with the gut microbiome, and, and that's mediated by uh, the vagus nerve mm-hmm. um, predominantly, although there's probably some other autonomic nervous system involvement, um, the enteric nervous system, and the hypothalamic pituitary axis, mm-hmm. and so mediated by cortisol. And, and that's probably why um, stress mm. uh, affects has, your GI tract. Why stress affects your GI tract. <laughs> yes. And so so the neuro, you know the brain can affect the gut microbiome by altering motility of the gut, mm-hmm. um, altering intestinal permeability, um, the immune system. Um, and, uh, and you know, not so it doesn't alter it necessarily directly, but it, it does have the impacts on that. And it also potentially alters the secretions within mm. the GI tract that can also impact the GI microbiome and The bacteria itself also have um, some quite significant um, impacts as well and so some of the metabolites that are produced um, by the bacteria, particularly some of the serotonins and tryptophan metabolites, can actually have an impact um, on neuron function um, and can impact the way that the brain reacts. And there are a lot of rodent studies that show that the microbiome um, impacts stress responses um cognition mm. memory crazy um mm. all, all sorts of things which it would be really lovely to think i could just take a, a pill and I'm, I'm smarter and smarter and faster and your bowel function works better <laughs> yes yeah.
1: that's, that's all in mind yeah. but i think that so but you it were doesn't talk- quite translate <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so so you talked about this research in people and in in rodents probably not that much in cats but we do know that stress is a Big problem in cats, Absolutely. so it, it, it's logical that that probably is also playing a role in cats.
2: Yeah, so probably I, I guess the situations that that we would see that the most in is probably in the shelter situations, mm. and um, you know the incidence of of diarrhea in um, in in shelter cats is is it's is huge, is huge yeah. and you know the numbers vary, but you know it's at least sort of thirty to fifty percent, if not if not it's higher. Crazy, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and the duration yeah. and. Yeah. There's been a lot of work that's looked at um, probiotics to reduce the diarrhea, but not so much that's looked at using probiotics to reduce stress and mm-hmm. stress anxiety scores. And, and part of that's because it's actually quite hard to assess their stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, even using you know observational analogues, you know, you can cats can adapt quite quickly and it can be really hard to tell yeah. whether they're yeah. stressed. It's, especially because mm-hmm. I
0: mean, these are animals that you never saw unstressed, right? You kind yeah. of don't know what their mm. normal is like, yeah. right? So yeah. it can be hard.
1: On the outside also, I think in cats, they might be stressed, but they don't look stressed. So or they're, I mean, Yeah, they're not as
2: obvious,
0: yeah.
1: So so there are subtle changes to yeah. their behavior. And,
2: and even um, like measuring markers such as serum cortisol, you know, by the mere act of restraining them to take Mm -hmm. the blood sample you are are stressing them and you're changing that so you know we can look at salivary cortisol if we if we need to but um even that potentially has some you know, diurnal variation and it can be very very difficult to, mm. to assess. Yeah.
0: So, um that's going to be mo- one of the most challenging populations to look at though for mm. things like microbiome research or, or stress research has to be the the shelter population, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you started with like the easy ones, I can tell. <laughs>
2: yeah, and um I think the other question that we actually really haven't um answered is the the stress in in owned animals. Yeah. Um mm. you know, if they uh, the stress of, of separation and the stress of coming into a new home So the ones that are adopted by a, a shelter from a shelter, you know, it's stressful coming into a new house Yeah, every, you know? st- every change, is, every change right. is, a, is a stress and mm-hmm. if you combine that Stressful event with an antibiotic administration as well um, At a time when the microbiome is developing mm. which is also when the central nervous system is developing So in that window up to about three months of age um, is when the microbiome is its most um, labile. Mm. Like, we actually don't know what impact mm. that has. So if you have that stressful event, you often have diet changes as well because you're moving, yep. moving environments, stress. Yep. This often when the cats also potentially will have upper respiratory tract signs or develop signs of cat flu and, and appropriately or not, Might be administered Mm. antibiotics Mm. as a as a result of that, Mm. or they develop diarrhea, and again, appropriately or inappropriately, might be administered antibiotics, and we don't know what impact that has on their long term GI microbiome and long term health. You know, we we traditionally haven't put much thought into that, have we? (laughs) Um,
0: You know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, I was um, chatting with uh, one of the other speakers at the, at the, the uh, uh, event we're talking about that happened a few days ago with a lot mm-hmm. of microbiome presentations, um, who, who said it was uh, uh, Jan Sukodolsky who said to me, you know, once the microbiome really gets messed up, it's very hard to walk it back and say you can you can ever consistently make it normal again. So he's, he, his, his thought is more that we need to preserve and try to protect the microbiome. That we really need to have some, you know, good efforts there. So I guess he's just more skeptical about once you get very disrupted, can we actually ever normalize you again?
2: Yeah, I'm going to disagree slightly no, with him. Yeah, um, so Jan and I sometimes disagree. Sure, <laughs> yes, uh, a little I like bit. It. It's it's, yes, it's, uh, it's healthy discourse. <laughs> yes. that's fine. Um, so when um, and it's the same with people, um, and and I presume it's the same with with um, animals, and and again with some of the the non-feline mm, work that species, we're doing if an animal has an enteropathy or a person has crohn's disease or something like that inherently they have an unstable microbiome right. okay so their microbiome is um, unstable and you give them an antibiotic it will change and it won't come back to normal and so by default those w- ones are they, they will never come back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the ones that, that you yeah, referring to. Yeah, that's what he's talking about, yes. Yeah. If you have a, an animal with a, a relatively healthy or yeah. a stable microbiome that don't particularly have gut disease right. or an issue, they're the ones that are potentially more likely oh, to yeah. return to normal. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. yeah, makes sense. But the question, I guess, is whether you have um, a normal microbiome established by the right age. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that, so this is a very interesting area to me because it's it's made me um, much more cautious about what we do with young kittens, right? Because it is the time when, well, a lot is developing, not
2: just your microbiome. Yeah, your brain's um, developing and, yeah. and your gut microbiome is helping your brain develop and that's also potentially when behavioural issues start. It isn't, yes, it's a complex time, right? Yeah. So I... I and Sorry, can I just also ask, because yeah. the other thing that I, um, I noticed that, and I... I've had it in the back of my mind and I've never actually done anything about it. But one of the comments that quite often um, is made to me is that bottle-reared kittens yeah. always have behavioral issues.
0: This is very common.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so then I say, well, well, why? And is yeah. that because they don't have a normal microbiome? Because they're not mm-hmm. doing the normal yeah. suckling and the normal yeah. grooming by the mother and they don't yeah. therefore have a normal... Th- gut microbiome being but established if you, if you
1: would pull that that's because a lot of babies are both too and do you think that that oh, human because, babies. yeah because uh. it is pretty much accepted that you know a lot of people want to be breastfeeding for a long time but there's also people that say you know only the first couple of weeks and then we're going to the bottle. Oh, so no
2: the world health organization recommends breastfeeding a mm-hmm. minimum of one year now mm. yeah so that's part nice of that's doing. because Water quality sure and sure. hygiene is sure, sure, not guaranteed sure, 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 around the world. Sure, sure, but um, but yeah. but part of that recommendation is the fact that um, you will decrease the risk of immune-mediated
1: diseases if yeah. you breastfeed. Ask my mom how long she breastfed. Me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, But you know that that's something that I I never thought of thought of before. This link with um with orphan kittens and mm. because it is, you know, con- people commonly say they have behavior yeah. problems wow. and we always ascribe it to the fact that they're raised as an orphan, right? So they're not raised. So but they're, they're demanding, you, know? you <laughs> know, but also they're not raised around other cats. So they don't, you know, they don't have anybody to teach them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't con specifics mm. really to teach them, but it may- might be more complex than that. Yes. Right. It's, it's probably yeah. multifactorial. Yeah, yeah is, probably, so. it probably is. It so, yes.
1: always
2: is. It's never just the microbiome. So the yes, question
1: I have is we have had veterinary medicine now for 200 years. Why did it take, Two hundred years for us to start focusing on the microbiome because it's something of the last five years that's coming up.
2: You know, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it wasn't there before. Mm. You know, so um, I was speaking to one of um, my colleagues who's a wildlife vet, and she said, "Well, we were talking about transformation in rabbits twenty years ago." Mm. You know, so potentially, huh. potentially, it's it's been around. Mm. It just hasn't didn't have that name. Maybe didn't have that name. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, and maybe antibiotics weren't used as much in veterinary medicine
1: sure mm. sure yeah. sure but yeah. I think it's it's not only in veterinary medicine it's in human medicine too absolutely it's with the, the, same. the human microbiome project and you know everything <clears> now suddenly <throat> it's like it's like this 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 favorite topic to talk about because but, it's everywhere but it
2: has to be so I mean asthma in um in the first world Um, is one of the biggest issues in there's been you know Hmm. huge spikes in um, Hmm. asthma in in children and um, you know the question is is why is Hmm. it is it to do with air pollution is Hmm. it to do with anything else and one of the theories is it's you know a lot of children are uh, are not being breastfed they're um, being born by cesarean they're being given antibiotics when they're young Um, Hmm. they're being kept you know, in in a a very very hygienic world, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was my philosophy raising my children. Let them eat dirt. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And how is your immune system?
2: That's pretty
0: good.
1: (laughs) But do do, uh, bottle raised kittens have more asthma?
0: I have no idea. You I don't know. 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 See, these mm-hmm. are these are some interesting mm-hmm. things to follow up on now yeah. that you start, you know, asking. You got to ask the questions, right? Yeah. Once you start asking the question, it could be really interesting to see what are the long-term consequences of these canvary So So there's,
2: there's uh, been a, a study that actually came out of Canada, I, I think it came out of Canada, and so there's um, four particular bacteria, and I forget their exact names but it's FLVR so Verona and one lactobacterium and then there must be a fico and another r yeah. mm-hmm. so FLVR um, and if if uh, um, if babies get those bacteria in their fecal microbiome by the age of 4 months yeah. they have a massively decreased um Incidence of asthma later oh. in life. Wow. So, would it be so, interesting. Just, so it doesn't matter if they're bottle fed or mm. right. if they delivered, yeah, it's how they're delivered, but if
0: they get if those. You get them. Mm. Yeah, you're However right. you get them. yeah So, uh, you know, it, it starts to make you wonder are there like key species like that, Correct. you know, in feline medicine that, <laughs> you know, we need to be uh if it's an orphan kitten we need to make sure they get it um or we need to make sure we don't disrupt it so correct yeah Yeah. so you know this the the whole idea of protecting your microbiome fits really well into the 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 point we are in veterinary medicine, where we're trying to do better antimicrobial stewardship, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, a really important, um, uh, I think, initiative, right? Yeah. So we don't want to run out of an- antibacterials. We want to use them wisely. But now, as we're learning, there's some actually benefits to that animal mm. potentially, right? Not to be disrupting their yeah. their biome.
1: Yeah. This was awesome. So thank you for the first part of the podcast, the per podcast. And uh, we have got already quite a lot of information. and I'm excited that we get even more in the yeah. second, which yeah. Is there's weeks. more
0: to talk to. Such a fascinating field, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, more questions and answers, right? Yeah, but there's a lot for us stage. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and we're we're really blessed to have um, somebody who's right in the thick of it to give us the inside scoop on oh. what's going on in microbiome research.
2: So yeah. so that, we're that was really good, grateful you're here. That was a good pun. Well
1: done. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you yeah. very yeah. much. I that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. No problem.